So for those of you guys that don't know me, I'm Jeffrey. I've been on staff here for a few years now. I grew up in Southern California. I went to college out there, and the Lord has blessed me with the opportunity to get to do this job full time here in Southeast Ohio with you. Um, all right. There we go. All right, so that's my wife, Carly. You probably recognized her from last week. Uh, she talked about gossip. And it's not a 180 talk if I don't give the obligatory family photo. So here you go. This is my little family. <laughs> Athens, Athens' number one Christian rock cover band. And, and uh, they're a great group of uh, students I get to hang out with. Uh, they're really cool. And some might even say they rule. Uh, anyways, anyways, I digress. So we're going through, we're going through a series called Everyday Theology, or not Everyday Theology, Everyday Discipleship, and I get to talk about phone usage. And guys, I'm convinced that in order for us to live a life that's holy and pleasing to God, we have to have a good relationship with our phones. And when I was writing this, uh, I realized there's a bunch of ways I could have taken this, and all the ways would have been really good and important for us to, like, know. Uh, but sadly, I had to, like, trim it down to one point, and that point is, is that uh, it's more important to be formed by Scripture than it is by your phone. And I'm going to do that, to, I'm, I'm going to, like, help with that point today by sharing some Scripture, talking about it, and also explaining ways that, like, our phone keeps us from knowing God more personally and how our phone starts to demand our time and attention. So I want to start with this question. Do you control your phone, or does your phone control you? Let that sit for, like, a solid three seconds. Okay, so for some of you guys, it wasn't even a question. You know that when you wake up, you check your phone. When you feel a little bit anxious, you check your phone. When you have to cross the street or go to the restroom, you pull out your phone. Um, and uh, if you're eating lunch, you must have YouTube. I know how it goes. Uh, phone addiction is not a Christian issue. A lot of people talk about its negative side effects, the number of mental health issues that come from it, how it creates like comparison problems in society, uh, the way that people's time management seems to be completely off. Uh, we as a society are losing our literacy and communicating in person is uh, kind of going down the drain. And uh, this is my problem. It might be your guys' problem too, but you, you might have weird aunts and uncles and social media makes them even weirder and it doesn't help. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Amen, amen. All right, guys, I could go on, but what makes it worse is that our phones are actually, are actually designed to keep us engaged, to keep us running back to them. Uh, for a lot of us, our phones can turn into idols, and that is dangerous for us as believers. Uh, because like other idols we run to in our lives to bring us life, we look to our phones to belong, to help cure our anxiety, uh, to make us happy, to affirm us, and to give us purpose. But sadly, like other vices we run to, they're ultimately going to be fulfilling, and we're going to be wanting more as we run to them. Now, uh, before I go on, uh, I just want to let you guys know that 
I do not think phones are a bad thing. Uh, I do not believe them to be this like all-encompassing like evil in the world. A lot of good has come from phones. Uh, businesses come from it. Different career opportunities. Uh, we have these amazing cameras in our pockets now. Uh, the networking capabilities. I I would not be married if it wasn't for FaceTime. And and uh, anyways, and I want you guys to hear this before we go on. I I do think there's something really special about being able to share your life with your close family and friends and celebrating things in your life and celebrating things with your family. I do not believe that to be good. Uh, or I do not believe that to be bad. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, I, do know, I do know that there are a number of people in this room that after a really stressful day like to just like lay down on their beds, open Instagram or TikTok, and read Jebby Comics. Yeah! A a mostly true retelling of my childhood in San Bernardino, California. Uh, just, uh, yeah, Su subscribe and enjoy the ride. But, but uh, let's dig into some scripture. Can you guys on your phones open up to Romans 12? While you go there, uh, this one right here is a story about how I was in love with my sixth grade teacher. Uh, and so, anyways. <laughs> All right, follow along with me. If you guys aren't there yet, look up at this screen. Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Listen, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the author of Romans, uh, he gives you like, he paints a picture of what this actually looks like as someone that is renewed. So if you actually skip down to verse 9, uh, in my Bible, this chunk of text is actually called the marks of a true Christian. And verse 9 starts like this. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by, do, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So what are some of the results from renewing your mind? 
to understand the Lord's will, results for you anyways and for these people, your faith becomes authentic. You are actually like a peacemaker and a bridge builder. Your life is marked by humility and kindness. You are a benefit to society as a whole. You're blessed with wisdom. And you have all of this because it comes from a confidence that comes from the Lord and doesn't come from you guys. Uh, Galatians 5 will say, if you're filled with like, the Spirit of God, aligned with him, these are characteristics that are going to be true of you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Who wouldn't want that to be true of themselves when it's all said and done? Uh, sadly, our phones can get in the way of us pursuing God. And here's just a few ways how. We are addicted to distraction, checking our phones at an alarming rate, distracting us from God, life, and the world around us. Guys, are you absorbed with sports content? Uh, I think if the only thing someone can say about you is, this guy really loves sports, let that be a wake-up call for your life, all right? I say that as someone who majored in talking about sports. Um, our phones often like call us to pay attention to our hobbies at any given moment. Uh, for some of you, it might be the latest fashions. For me, it's electric guitars. All right. And are you guys addicted to inappropriate content that's calling your name at any given second? Do you find yourself living a double life? Above is a helpful image of how long it would take for you to read letters that are in the New Testament. You see Philemon's about three minutes, uh, Titus six minutes. Give or take, every single week, your phone tells you that you've logged two hours and 30 minutes to five hours of screen time every day that week. If just a portion of that was actually given to the Lord, think about how much you could read in the Bible, or burn through. Uh, all I'm saying is, you guys have time for God. It's there. We are distracted from the world around us. It is not uncommon to see friends hanging out, and they just have their phones out. It is not uncommon to have families hanging out together, and they're locked into their screens. And you start to see it, uh, like the way we communicate with their screens, uh, play out in real life sometimes. Something I want to touch on, though, is uh, we're all familiar with internet rage, uh, an echo chamber that is not constructive at all, and uh, the hate just kind of keeps going, and they argue from stuff like Star Wars in the sequel trilogy, all the way to uh, politics. And uh, this is what's heartbreaking for me, is when I see people that proclaim to be Christ followers say some of the meanest things. Uh, it is pretty uh, heartbreaking to actually read stuff like that. But did you know that as believers, we're actually called to help the oppressed? Reading the Bible will actually reveal more of that to you. Not only that, we're called to stand up for the voiceless. Constant messages of the last being first and the first being last. And we're called to be light in dark places no matter what the climate is. We have the opportunity to get to be a part of God's mission to unite all things in him for his glory. 
And if we're not being transformed by our Bibles, we're failing to see this amazing mission and plan that God actually has in front of us. Not only are we addicted to our phones, we crave immediate approval that likes provide via social media instead of understanding that our approval, acceptance, and belonging comes from the Lord. And guys, we feed on the produced and fantasized images of life. A lot of us, we stage our own experiences to produce an inflated image of ourselves to others. And eventually, we become what we like, and we dwell on things we never knew we wanted until they were presented to us. And over time, you start to look like the world, and this is going to be reflected in your speech. It's going to be reflected in what you find acceptable, and it's also going to be reflected in your social media presence. It's all there. And, I, and it's hard, right? Because you want to fit in. You want to belong. And you see what's necessary in order to do so. After a while you will start to desire earthly things and minimize the greatness of God. This becomes scary because you guys will start to fear missing out on what the world has to offer rather than fearing what you're missing out on by not following God in the first place. You'll start to believe life is fully experienced when you've gone on that awesome hike, you've been to that amazing concert, you've curated the best outfits, and you show that your life isn't mundane any given day. And then you'll even start to make personal sacrifices to make sure that these things happen, such as your schoolwork, precious time with family, and also getting enough sleep. You know, I was hoping I'd be able to find like a really cringy photo of myself to use as an example for this. Um, and the Lord was kind and blessed me. All right. This was me my junior year in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, I thought I was super cool. Uh, when I found it, the caption said, what it do, with no question mark. <laughs> just, just what it do. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm wearing a tie-dye bucket hat. I have a shirt with a surfing Tyrannosaurus Rex on it, wearing sunglasses, holding a slice of pizza, and it says, hasta la pizza, baby. Uh, <laughs> And, I, and uh, there's actually like a few other like pictures that go with this image. But I was so excited to post it because I was excited to share with my friends how exciting my life was because I was hitting the Vegas Strip. I really, I really wanted people to come up to me later that week in, in class and say, hey, Jeff, like, how was it? And I was going to tell them, well, before I was like out on the town, I was hiking in the Red Rocks and it was awesome. And, you know, I like killed a ram with my bare hands or something. Uh, but guys, I thought it was so cool. I was so excited. I thought I was like the stud adventurer uh, that, you know, had the means to go off and do all these things. Um, and the likes and comments reflected everything that I was going to achieve. Um, but guys, I would soon realize uh, later that summer as a student, that wasn't real adventure. Um, but I want to share with you guys a post from one of the top five greatest adventures of my life. Um, and it's this one right here. Uh, it was the first time I went to Slovakia. I've been there since then. And uh, it was an amazing four and a half weeks where I got to share the gospel with people that had never heard it before. 
And I got to come alongside other Christians and actually help reach a spiritually dark place in the world. It was amazing. I was so grateful for the opportunity to be there and to help lead on that summer mission. At the end of those four and a half weeks, though, I got a virus that put me in the worst pain possible. And something I didn't see coming was that it started to paralyze me. I was rapidly losing movement in my body. I was taken to a Slovak hospital. <laughs> they got the job done, but it wasn't the best hospital, and I'll explain a little bit later. All right. Anyways, they got me there. They told me I would not be allowed to fly back to America until they deemed it was like, good for me to fly back. Um, I got put into the hospital, still COVID rules, so I got isolated and separated from my wife. The summer mission ended, and everyone went home, and we were there in Slovakia. Meanwhile, uh, as I continued to lose, or lose movement everywhere, I lost my ability to see, I lost my ability to move my face, I lost my ability to chew, uh, and it was insanely difficult to speak, and I didn't know the language at the same time. Uh, they also didn't have the means to feed me or uh, put food in me that I'd be able to like, safely digest. Uh, but what would have made it the scariest, they told me, is if my chest started to go numb and I wasn't able to breathe. At that point, I would suffocate and they didn't have an oxygen machine for me to use to stay alive. Anyways, there I was in my hospital room and my chest started to go numb and it became increasingly hard to breathe. And I tried my best to put myself into a position where my lungs wouldn't be collapsed on themselves. And in the middle of that time, I thought about scripture. And I thought about Matthew chapter 6. I thought about how the lilies of the field were dressed. I thought about how the birds of the field had nests. And why should I fear what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, or where I'm going to sleep? Because am I not more important than the birds in the fields? Does God not care about me? All my anxiety goes to him. All my fears go to him. I started to think about Jesus walking on the water in the midst of any storm that life can throw at you, in this case, an actual storm, where the disciples all thought they were going to die. But Jesus said, oh, you of little faith, and calm the storm, have the powers too. I had Jesus on my side. I was confident in that. I was a child of God. I thought of multiple scriptures where Jesus was healing people that couldn't see, couldn't walk, were sick. Oh man, son of David, have mercy on me in Matthew 21. Uh, and for the first time, like, I've always like, thought that was significant, but for the first time ever, that, like, that scripture really spoke to me and the impact of what Jesus did here on earth, I couldn't have been more grateful for and I couldn't have been more grateful for God. I started to think about what, how my life had been defined up until that moment. And I was just flooded with so much confidence because in Matthew 10, 39, I, I lost my life to find it in Christ. I said goodbye to the old and I said yes to the new. I found life in Jesus after that junior year of college. Uh, and I was flooded with so much confidence. Second Timothy, I knew I ran the race well in my life. I could confidently say I was a patient farmer I was an athlete that played by the rules, and I was a good soldier for, for God. 
And then in Romans, Romans 8, if I did die, that there's an inheritance waiting for me as I'm seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Who shall I fear? God's words were sweeter than honey. And here's the thing. Uh, throughout that, I was, th- I was there for like eight and a half days. Uh, and the whole entire time I thought about scripture, I couldn't move my face, but I would try to sing worship songs, but it was just mostly noise that came out. All right? Uh, and though my body was in physical pain, uh, you could see how much weight you lose if you haven't eaten for eight days. But surprisingly, I wasn't hungry, guys. I was filled with joy through God's word. I was actually overflowing with life as I thought about scripture and the Lord's presence in my life. And more importantly than all of that, I wasn't afraid of death. And that's something my phone or any other idol could never give me. And even if I had like the ability to even see my phone, it still wouldn't have given me that. So what can you guys do? Uh, somehow about, at least, at least now you can self-evaluate. Am I spending a lot of time on my phone? Right? Is it keeping me from other priorities? Do I feel like find myself slipping in areas? Are there parts of like your addiction to your phone that you're actually not proud of? Shame to admit. Self-evaluate. Uh, something that I actually did was super helpful. I turned my screen uh, black and white. <laughs> All right? And uh, it actually... It actually helps uh, because I'm pretty disgusted looking at my boring black and white phone. Um, I, so I get nauseous sometimes. Anyways, uh, not only that, uh, you can fill your time with like Christian media if you want to help. <laughs> if you want to help, uh, two of the greatest uh, Christian minds in our life are David Platt and Tim Keller. Those are sermon podcasts by them. In rule, every single week. Like, let you know what songs are playing at 180, so you can fill yourself with worship there. Guys, look back at Romans chapter 12 with me one more time, and listen to Paul's plea here. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. I don't want you guys to miss out on that. And I don't want your phones to be the thing that keep you from fully understanding what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Uh, Bow your heads with me. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to serve you, to know you, God, uh, to be able to live a life where uh, the mysteries of this world can be revealed to us, Father. I pray that all of us here will be filled with the zeal to follow you, God. I pray that our lives will be marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. Lord, I pray that uh, if you know, if our phones are a problem, Lord, I pray that today is the first day of many, Lord, where we start to have a good relationship with it and understand the best ways to prioritize you. Father, keep us safe as we go about our weekends. Lord, help us fix our eyes on you. It's in your name. Amen.
Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the Morning.